Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of The X Button. I am one of your hosts, Alejandro, and with me is the Chocobo Master. Paul. Hey, everyone. Yes. <laughs> How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing well, Alejandro. Um, it's It's been an interesting week of news and shenanigans, and I am very interested for us to uh, get into it today. How are you, Ben? Uh, I just came back from a workout, <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm kind of trying to get into a workout regime right now because I want to try to keep healthy because I don't want any health scares after a couple I've had recently, especially uh, the our puppy leaving us after his own health scare last week kind of has been kind of has made me more aware about my mortality, my own mortality. So yeah, I've been going out on a walks in a part like. They, people won't know this, but we are literally recording this a little later than usual on the days that we record because I went on a walk and then got stuck in traffic. I'm still wearing my workout shirt. <laughs> so, so I I'm actually right after you finish, I'm gonna be going to uh, do a workout myself, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's um it's kind of ironic that you got to do yours first and then I'm about to go take care of mine after. Yeah, I like doing mornings because if I leave it to the afternoon. It kind of sucks because it's like you keep waiting for it. It's like, is it time yet? Is it time yet? You start thinking about it too much. Then mm-hmm. by the time that the time arrives, maybe you don't even have the energy to want to do it. And then when you start doing it, it uh, you lose the energy. So ra- I'd rather do the whole, let, let's get it out of the way now. Yeah. Like, let's, I already worked out. Then I have the rest of the day ahead of me. So. Yeah. In a perfect world, I would be the same, but um, since I, th- I want to blame my night owl tendencies because I start off with zero energy and throughout the day, I slowly get more and more and more like a freight train until like one, two o'clock is like my butter zone. Mm-hmm. And then I like get manic and then drop off all of a sudden. <laughs> um, so I, I try to build it a little between that. And of course, all of my successful family members don't understand that. So um, I, I live the way I need to. Yeah. It's very easy to become an night owl, I would, I would think, because um, we like playing games late at, late at night. I know that's, that's when a, everyone's the, online. Yeah, exactly. So, in fact, I was almost waiting for a raid yesterday, and that ended up not happening. And because I went to work out yesterday, then I managed to pass out at ten. I was like, "This is kind of nice." So, <laughs> like getting to going to sleep at normal hours. <laughs> so, so yeah, Paul. Enough preamble for that. So, what have you been playing? I have been playing. I think I actually mentioned it briefly on chat. Um, well, I guess firstly, story time, everyone. I tried to play uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword when it came out. And I had a uh, very fun experience. Uh, namely, that being, I went to put the game into the Switch. I moved the Switch a little bit. And then I caught one of the wires with my foot and pulled the entire thing off. And then my Switch would not charge. I I then had to bring it to the repair shop, and um, the guy was out of town, so it's not getting fixed until about Wednesday or Thursday, and uh, then I'll be able to play that. So before I continue, Alejandro, did you have any thoughts on that crazy example of uh, things that happened? That is like one of the funniest things I had heard, <laughs> Like because I was on a walk, and yeah. then I see all your texts, because it was Zach that screenshot yeah. it, because you tweeted about it, and I uh-huh. saw that. And I saw that tweet. I was like, "Oh my god! What are, <laughs> what are the chances of that happening?" 
has. Um, yep. It it really sucks, especially with how often I um, take a lot of care to not mess it up. And this happened because you bought it physically, right? Yeah, I guess technically. I mean, I still had to put it in the dock anyway, and it mm-hmm. probably would have happened uh, one <laughs> way or the other. But, yep, it wasn't fun. Oh, but my God. I'm, um, when, I'm do you get the, when do you get your device back? Uh, they said, like, Wednesday or Thursday, possibly. They, they think they might be able to work on it before um, they were thinking, but at the latest Friday. That's, That's that, that really stinks. <laughs> it does, but I guess it just forces me to go play something else. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So apart from that tragedy, do you play anything else? Yes. Um, so I actually restarted Mafia Three from the start for whatever uh-huh. reason. I felt like playing something open world that I could just run around and build a power fantasy, and also obviously since that one takes place in 1960s New Orleans, New Orleans um, or for them new bordeaux because they don't want to say anything that's going to get us pissed at them mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because they do say some very mean things about new orleans in that but also they say some very good things um i am very aware now of how repetitive that game is oh yes it is <laughs> i did not catch it at first um just because i guess i was enjoying the environment and just kind of trying to burn through everything but um, unless you physically force yourself to like play with different kinds of weapons, um, most of them all kind of play the same way. You've got just shotguns, every single automatic weapon, which kind of plays. The, the shotguns way too good in that game. Shotguns, that, yes. crazy powerful, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's almost like I picked up a, sh- a random shotgun running around, and I was just clearing people out. Um, and then it's kind of unfair with the way the mini map will kind of like lose track of people and they'll show up behind you and things. So, uh, that was how I was dying for the most part, got a lot better at the driving, but, um, the main quick, thing, yeah. Quick question. Does that game lining still have problems? Yes. Oh my God. So much. <laughs> um, all the textures and the, like, are you indoors? Are you outdoors? Are you wet? Are you dry? Um, some like obviously some of the cutscenes are pre-rendered, so Lincoln Clay will jump back into his default outfit or stay in whatever he's in, and there's almost no distinction between the two. So it's just like sometimes he's in his out army thing, sometimes yeah. he's in whatever you got him in. I don't think I played a game with lining that botched. I remember hearing one of the podcasts I listened to, dude, when he was playing Mafia Three back in 2016. He was like, lining is all effed up in the game. It Sometimes is. like it's so dark that you can't see, and then the uh, the rising dusk looks like a hellscape. Like yeah, like looks like a almost, nuke just dropped. Yeah, you almost feel like Satan's about to show <laughs> up. <laughs> um, and in addition to that, another thing that you actually um, this was new to me, putting it in on my PS5 was that it has a little dialogue box right when you start it up and says some things will act unexpected uh, Uh on the PS5 and it will actually break the game sometimes. I'll have to stop and restart the game because it will um, it'll finish like a district. I'll make the call and whatever. It'll go black and come back up, but it'll be like at this weird fixed angle right outside the building Uh and things will go around and people will talk as if I'm there and stuff. Um, and I can move according to my mini map, but the camera will be stuck in this one little space and I have to close the game out and restart it to get it to actually work again. 
Um, and I have no idea how to fix it outside of um, just redoing it every once in a that while. That sucks. So, so Mafia 3 is another one of those games that works on PS5, but not really. Because I don't know Basically. if uh, I've talked about this in the podcast, but uh, maybe I did. Yes, I did last week. Was it last week? Yeah. yeah. Assassin's Creed Syndicate also is another one of those mm-hmm. games that gives you the warning that, yep. yeah, this game may not work correctly here. And in the case of that game, like the lining is completely botched in that it's it, it's like it comes in and out in certain parts, like a strobe-like effect. So if you... I would say it's not as bad as that, at least. It's just like, oh, clearly this area is on a different lighting feature than the rest yes. of the game. But, but... but but here's what's funny, because I was... I enjoy looking at digital foundry the guys from eurogamer that do like huge technical analysis from resolution frame rates of every game and every version of every game yeah Uh, when they were testing backwards compatibility back in november they put in doom eternal which was a recent game and that game had the also the dialogue box of some things may not work in this thing and that game ran flawlessly with like no problems whatsoever Mm -hmm. so backwards compatibility on ps5 works i would say and I'm glad it does because you remember my the calamity that was the reveal of the specs and them oh, yeah. initial like the miscommunication of oh yeah we tested the 100 most popular games on PS uh, on PS4 on this machine and we'll add more over time and I was like why does this <laughs> not just work I but know. then a week or two before we uh, before the system launched they put the big block block post being like. We tested everything, and here's everything that works, and here are the few that don't. And like some games that were not even listed anymore, like Afro Samurai mm-hmm. 2, that was like so bad that it got delisted, and a bunch of other games. So it's like, okay, this is not the ones that you would like fret or cry. And right. even like Shadow Complex Remastered was one that then was patched to then make it work. So I would like to think in an alternate universe, if they had made that claim too early and then had to pull back later, that would have been a nightmare. So I mm-hmm. think I understand why they did all mm-hmm. that. Yes. And in the end, it's like, okay, I get it. It was a big scare, but I'm glad we fixed most yeah, of it. Yeah, still, um, it still doesn't take away the fact that uh, the Xbox is trouncing them when it comes to backwards compatibility. with. As far with as that the, goes, they just can't compete. I mean, until you can figure out how to get all the PS3 stuff, Figured out, um, they're never gonna pull that kind of level uh, to compare with Microsoft on that. Exactly. Um, So, other than Mafia Three, was there anything else that you played, Paul? That was uh, that was all I really played. I did want to make one little caveat. Um, It was gaming related, even though it wasn't something I played. Um, I've been watching the YouTube channel Race Vic. Um, R-A-Y-C-E-V-I-C-K. He does these very in-depth. documentaries on games a certain amount of years after they've come out i watched one about modern warfare one mm-hmm. um the 2007 one the yeah. 2007 one the okay. original yeah and he was explaining everything about activision and call of duty and infinity ward up until that point stuff that i'd never heard of um and he does just really good res- uh, research on everything. So if you ever have like an extra 30 minutes to an hour, um, each of his uh, documentaries are fantastic. But um, that's that's one thing I spent a lot of time on. Especially. Hey, it was gaming related, so that works. It's not yeah. like when back in the day when we used to do the show where we had what have you been playing, seeing, or what, uh, like watching, watching or hearing, listening yeah, or listening everything. to. And then we went in the a long time because sometimes I listen to our old episodes just out of kicks and realizing, <laughs> man, we took so long in that section because of that. 
that's <laughs> one I was like so exhausted every time we would get to the actual news. I'm like, all right, well, we just spent like an hour exactly. talking about whatever we're dealing with. Yeah, and so far we're 12 minutes in. So, yeah, uh, what you got? Yeah, so I last week I went in my whole stupor about like how tired I was about, Ubi, uh, about Ubisoft uh, potentially doing to Assassin's Creed the, what I didn't want them to do. That for some reason I was like, well, these games I already have are the ones that I Assassin's Creed is never going to be this again, so I'll just play them again just for kicks. And I went back into Odyssey because I was like, there is a lot of DLC from this game that I have not played. The because they did like episodes, which funny enough, like it actually made me curious if what they did with Assassin's Creed Odyssey with DLC is what they mean more. Diving full into the live service model that we read we read last week they have the big map but they added episodes that are not like they're like six to eight hours long each and they're fully packed hmm. and episode ends wait for the next one now there's a new episode a new set of people for you to kill and you more new story content as it expands and i'm like i don't know what they've done with valhalla because i haven't played valhalla yeah. but if they do what how they expanded with Odyssey, like literally, if you put combine all six episodes that they that they released post launch, the first three are Legacy of the Blade, which tells the story of the first Hidden Blade, and then the other one is the Fate of Atlantis, because you find Atlantis in that game, which is underwater. Uh, they did three episodes of that. You combine all of that; that's a full game, almost. Which yeah. Odyssey, oh. it's already like a mammoth, a mammoth of a game. So I found that interesting. I'm like, hopefully. They realize that what they have it now works, and that's the way that they expand. But putting that aside, Odyssey is a big problem for me because that game's like crack cocaine. Like, I don't know what it is, but that game's so addictive. Like, I get so caught up in the loop because I haven't fully decked out Cassandra. Like, I have like I have like so many my stats in the in the assassin, because you can have Hunter. Uh, warrior and assassin stats to see yeah. what, what, which way you can spec up and and play the game. And I love playing in stealth. And because we barely have any stealth games these days, playing stealth in that way with the uh, you become invisible. You, you have an ability to become cloak invisible. You have an ability to like run quicker. You have an ability to throw your spear of Leonidas and chain kill like at di- at different distances oh, and yeah, all of that. that and and there's just something about that that to me is just so satisfying. And I always keep saying that every time I play that game, I have to pretend I'm playing the Wonder Woman game I've never played because of the way I've decked out my Cassandra with the mm-hmm. uh, with the armor and all of that, that I feel like I'm playing as Wonder Woman because you even have the ability to like fall off a cliff like such and, and you won't die because she would like roll. Mm-hmm. She's almost like your character is almost a superhero. So yeah, I've been I, I played a lot of that. And I don't know if I will get to Valhalla next because I haven't installed. I've heard that one's because that one's longer. I played a little bit of that, but knowing that you have a long game ahead of you sometimes puts it, puts a stop in that. And even though I played eighty four, I put eighty four hours total into Assassin's Creed Odyssey back in twenty eighteen and loved most of my time with it. It was like my fourth favorite game that year, if I, if I remember correctly. Like now I'm at ninety one hours because of just having done the first episode and I have a. Uh, two more for the legacy of the blade and then i have all the atlantis stuff which i've heard 
the Atlantis stuff is important for what happens in Valhalla. I was like, Ubisoft, you mother efforts. Why do you put something so important in that DLC? Well, I have to play it now. And good thing I'm, I'm kind of like in the kick because there's another fear that Assassin's Creed may not be that anymore. Other things, other things I played, uh, Avengers. I've been yeah. playing, I've been playing the PS5 version of Avengers. In fact, like I, I replayed the campaign because they finally added a, a, an option for you to actually reset your campaign progress and play it as New Game Plus while retaining all your stats with all your characters and all that. Oh, really? That game, I know it's a big meme in the gaming community. Obviously, like the, the last snafu that game had was that they released a patch with new content and somehow it had, it was showing your IP address. So if you were playing on, if you were streaming that game, you were in the fear they were going to get doxxed because they had your specific IP address, which of course that would happen to that game. Every time I play the campaign of that game, I'm so happy and sad at the same time because why is this campaign so good? Why does it get the characters so right? I know like a lot of a lot of people complained initially when the Avengers game got revealed two E3s ago because it, it came it was revealed at the tail end of Endgame's theatrical run. Mm-hmm. So everyone knew everyone's gotten used to how the characters look in the movies that then they would see the characters in that uh, in that game and they were they everyone was like these are store brand avengers or they're, 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 these are cosplay the avengers value avengers. yeah the great value <laughs> avengers so so and so that didn't help that game but once you really get in and you start hearing like the store like you that the story of that game works because it's not really centered in, in the avengers it's centered it's centered on kamala khan mm-hmm. like that is a kamala khan game and in a story and it's her exuberance and her hope in a very dire situation where the Avengers have been disassembled because they're being blamed by an event called a day that created in humans and wiped out the majority of San Francisco. And, uh, and then they, the United States, I banned them because Bruce Banner uh, agreed in court saying the Avengers are a threat to society. And so everyone like split up and Captain America was dead. So the majority of that campaign is like Kamala knowing that there was something wrong that happened during a day that wasn't the fault of the Avengers. And then she journeying to like gather and reassemble them. And when the story is put through her eyes, you forget about the store brand nature of the other characters Mm -hmm. and the performances of Troy Baker as Bruce, as Bruce Banner, Nolan North as, as uh, Iron Iron Man, Man. uh, Laura Bailey as, as black widow and Travis Willingham as Thor. And I don't remember the guy that does the voice for Captain America. Eventually you start buying those versions of the characters. And then when you add like Ashley Birch who play Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn, she plays Kate Bishop in the uh in the like story expansions that were free that they kept adding. And you forget that these are not the movie versions because the characterization of these game works because they had people that used to work at Naughty Dog that were directors of this thing. And to me, it's sad that they had so many great elements. And the stupid live service model that they had to like insert into this game. It's uh because when you play campaign lines, you see the set there's uncharted like set pieces here. Like uh, like when you're flying as Iron Man, like you're trying to build up your suit. Like there's a like a really cool moment when you start playing as Iron Man, you're playing as as Tony Stark in his like mansion where he's hidden. And enemies are starting to attack, and you go through the mansion, like picking up every piece of the armor to make like a makeshift Iron Man suit. And then you start using it. Then, like when you go find Captain Spoiler alerts, you Captain America is not dead. You find Captain America trapped in the satellite, and you get to the satellite with Iron Man first, 
and then you switch when you find cap you switch as cap and the, then the satellite starts like destroying itself it feels like a titanfall level because captain america can like run and he has the ability to run on walls and all that it's like the crystal dynamics that i know and love shines in the campaigns in the story content of this game and then when i see that the majority of this game has hive missions that are kind of like strikes from destiny or like the destiny aspects of this game are where the game is at its worst because i thought I, I think i was it was the last episode or two episodes ago that i said like when you play as a melee character sometimes the way that you can chain combos in this game like in the abilities and it would remind you of an action game like devil may cry which that to me it's a big compliment especially when you play as someone as kamala the way you can like because she can stretch and all that and you dodge and use her her feet to like stretch and send them up. You you jump up and then grab them, throw them, and keep punching. It's like it's very satisfying. But when you're playing as the when you're playing the life service style levels where the enemies have too much health, it's just trying to punch and punch and punch and punch and punch, and that doesn't feel as satisfying until you stun them to do like a takedown. That's when it feels satisfying. And I'm like, yeah. I wish I lived in the world that the life service like I think this is another Ghost Recon Breakpoint situation. Like your theory that. There was something cool that was being made, and the suit came up, and they said, like, "You're gonna do this," and it feels that way. And I feel bad for Crystal because I know what they're good at, and it's the story content, live service stuff. They haven't even released a raid. They promised a raid last September, and they still haven't released it. Just to give you like an idea, like how botched the live service component of that game. But as a campaign, I would recommend you play it. Like I stand behind that campaign. It's good. 7.58 to 8, good. Like, the rest of that game, no. <laughs> I I really want to one day. Um, and You could play it right I, now through PS Now. If you haven't used your PS Now I did already. Um, oh, okay, about a while back. But I did want to add one little um, thing on the the voice actor for Captain America is Jeff Shine. Jeff Shine. Also yeah. known as Carlos from Resident Evil 3. Uh, Chris oh, it's him? Redfield from Resident Evil 8. And um, one of the characters from Mafia 3. Who would have thought? <laughs> there you go. So that's the thing. The, the voice talent that they hired for this game yeah. is like, that's the, the top tier. Like, you don't go bigger than Troy Baker, Nolan North, Travis Willingham, Laura Bailey. They're like the go-tos to go there. And also it's funny that Troy Baker, most of his, most of the Bruce Banner content is with Kamala and, they, and he calls her kiddo. Mm-hmm. So you're, you see like a lot of... Um, Joel and Ellie, Joel and Ellie interactions with, between them, but I it doesn't. It, yeah, but <laughs> but it's not quiet. It's like because he says the same words, but it's not like the same because obviously they're not cursing. It's like it's, it's a very it's, different. It, this is the PG thirteen version of Joel and Ellie. <laughs> oh lord! So and another thing I played, which you were not able to play because of your tragedy, was Skyward Sword. Yep. So we'd be talking about the Skyward Sword HD release. I feel every single week something would happen would come up about that game. Something. And I would say that for everyone that has... Did you play anything at all about Skyward Sword? Uh, not besides what I used to back in the day. I, okay. I literally couldn't even turn it on. Until, yeah, so, uh, so you didn't even play it in your wife's uh, no, Switch. Not okay. yet. I was hoping to. All right, so I'm taking a point on this one then. Um, Skyward Sword, this is the definitive way for you to play that game. The... Um, the quality of life of finally being able to play that game, not with motion controls, but with actual button controls. It's weird at first because you're not used to play a Zelda game where your combat is in the right stick, especially because they finally added um, 
camera controls that were not there. And to move the camera, you have to press the L button or L1 and then move the right stick for it to move, which is weird, but then it makes sense. Like it clicks. I don't really think about it anymore. And uh, finally, and seeing, re- just remembering playing the Wii version of that game. I remember how many times I had to stop to recalibrate the controller where you had to lay down the Wiimote in a flat surface for it to like calibrate properly. Sometimes and, every few seconds. Yes. And this game, like the quality of life has removed so much friction in this game. It feels like you're going through it much faster. Like being able to speed up conversations just by pressing B before you had to wait for every text dialogue to Which was already a thing. Why would yeah, they, they take took so it out. much away? Yeah. And the fact that then like there's bug hunting in that game that helps with... Uh, upgrades and some stuff and every time that you would pick up a bug before you were always here you pick up a bug this is what this bug is and then Mm -hmm. fill it up and they like it's just it feels like they finally realize and fee or fi i don't even know how you pronounce the name of that stupid thing yeah so so fee is not as overbearing and finally gives you the option to be like she asks you do you want me to tell you something you can choose no i said okay and she leaves like sometimes they, she will give that option. It's like, ah, I want to tell you something. Do you want to hear it? Before it was, no, you're going to hear it no matter what. Mm-hmm. And just all of that. And the game looking so much sharper, the watercolory art style shining so well now in a way that finally puts it on part of Wind Waker for me. And like in, in, in the way that I feel like now this HD version of, of Skyward Sword will age up so well compared to the Wii version that look all smudgy. Also, also part of his uh, art style. Mm-hmm. Very impressive stuff. So many quality of life stuff. And I would still say this is my least favorite of the 3D Zelda games. Despite all that. Yeah. And I'll say why. This game has a really great story. It's also surprisingly very linear. More linear than your usual Zelda thing. Which is more appreciated now in a world where we've gotten so many open world games. That playing something more linear, it's kind of cool. But the effing dousing that you have to do in this stupid game. How it stops you in your tracks. This game is so well paced when you enter a new area. As you're advancing and figuring stuff out and all that. On your way to a temple. And then you reach the entrance of the temple or something. And they're like, now go do a fetch quest. Where you have to backtrack with your sword and looking up. And douse and find five pieces of a key that you sometimes have to dig up. Or find three animals. And I know what's coming up also. Where there will be a place where it's gonna be so flooded that you have to like swing, swim, and find like some music stuff yeah. that is beyond horrible. So, and and the thing and the thing is that previous Zelda games have had their fetch questy moments. Ocarina of Time doesn't, ironically, because I, I I was playing Ocarina of Time and that game is so you go you go you go you go you go you go like the most fetch questy thing you can even do in that game is like just find an item for you to finally get like trying to get the hook shot. And in Ocarina of Time to try to get to the Forest Temple, you just have to go to a cemetery, push a push the one of one of the stones, and then you enter and then to find the dead guy, this phantom that leads you to the hookshot, and that's it. And then now you can go to a temple. Uh, Wind Waker had a couple fetch fetchiness. The worst one obviously was the Triforce quest at the end. They have to find the eight pieces of the Triforce. It's like every map, yep. and then you have to decode the map that costs 397 rupees per map and then you would have to find the piece and all that that apparently that in the wii u version 
five of those pieces you just get normally, and then you only have to find three, which that speeds up considerably that, that version of the game. Twilight Princess, when you start that game, you play as Wolf Link. And because the darkness has shrouded the whole area, there's three different sections, if I remember correctly, yep. where you have to cleanse the area. And to that, you have to find the tears. But it's three sections, and that's it. And then the latest, the 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 last fetch questy stuff was you finding the statues to go to the Sky Temple, and that's quick. And it's and it's easy to find because it's in every area. You just have to like move the statue, find the find a clue, and that's it. This one does it for everything. And what makes it worse is that because there are only three areas in this game: the forest, the volcano, and the desert. And you have to like repeat going to those areas because there are more temples within those areas. That game feels smaller than it needs to feel. And the fact that you have to also be dousing all the time, that's just every I read one of the, the Game Informer reviews says that this is the Zelda with the highest peaks and the longest valleys. At its peak, when its story is clicking, when you're in the dungeons and you're in combat, this game's amazing. Mm-hmm. In its valleys, I despise it. Like, like I, I literally despise it. And to me, that's unfortunate because I see... Now, now, now that I finally removed my frustration about the controls that I had when I finally played it, now I see the potential. I can see an, a scenario for why people, our friend PJ included, says that this is their favorite. Yeah. Because somehow, they managed to ignore all the BS... Yep. And just focus on the great story, which is really great. It's charming. It's probably one of the strongest. Uh, it's the strongest character story. It, level yeah. into the the plot writing. Level. The writing is like that's the thing. This is a game that has no dialogue whatsoever. It's still it's, it's still the classic like muted and just reading the text. But the characters are so expressive, and the writing is so sharp and witty that you forget that you're not listening to voices. Right. It's like they're it, like Zelda. It's like she got attitude. But she's fun. Like, gru- She literally throws you off the top of the village. <laughs> yeah, she throws you after cog-blocking you, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is, I feel this is the first Zelda, I think only Zelda, where there's like romantic tension between these two. I know. Something that has never happened before somehow. But it works, and it's endearing. And the story is so great that I would say it's worth putting through so much BS. And I would say probably the dousing... It's not as bad in a world where we're getting so many open worlds now because it's still like in the same linear path. You just have to kind of backtrack in the linear mm-hmm. path. So I feel Skyward Sword now, it's at the perfect time to really come out and feel appreciated now that it doesn't have the weight of expectations weighting him down with the, it being the 25th anniversary of Zelda, which the game makes blip announce it's like, we're celebrating 25 years of this. And like when you're in the competition to try to get the... Uh, to, be, to become a knight, they mentioned the 25 is like, ah, how cute, because this game came out on the 25th anniversary in 2011. So they, it, I feel now, now it's going to be more appreciated, especially now that you don't have to feel the pain of the motion controls. And I will say, I did play to do my due diligence. I was like, I'm going to try a little bit with the motion controls. And thankfully, now the only calibration you have to do is centering the thing, which is with Y, which is much easier than having to set your controller down. To be like, oh, just press Y. And they added the right stick camera to it, which you don't even have to press the L1 button to do it. So the camera is freely controlled while you're just playing with the with the, jo- with the Joy-Cons. And moving left, right, and all that 
feels like I don't have to do as obvious a movement to get what I wanted at the same time. I think if you have one, the Pro Controller is probably the best way to play that game. I would recommend this one. This Mario one. Uh, that looks like a, uh, a Pro Controller. Yes. So, yeah, Skyward Sword, I'll still play it because I'm still on a Zelda kick. It's been really hard not wanting to put it down because it feels so bittersweet. I said that in our chat. As much as I'm enjoying how improved it is, like, and feel that finally the legacy of this game is going to be improved now that you have a better version. Man, I wish I would be playing Wind Waker. Man, I wish I would be playing Twilight Princess on the Switch, not on my Wii. With that, that's, it's not it's not even HD. Like it's, I know there's more. Like I saw a new rumor from an also verifiable insider that confirmed that Wind Waker and Twilight Princess he has been reported that they're done and they're just sitting on it, kind of like they did Pikmin. And they're doing like other stuff like uh, Donkey Kong. I didn't put this in the news because I don't want to be making news about rumors and speculations, but we can talk about that here. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I know they're coming. And Wind Waker in particular, the quality of life of that late fetch quest is such that I tell you, it's like, it's, you know what gets blue for me? (laughs) Not wanting to play it now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But we can hope. Like, that's the thing. We can hope. Now we know that they got Skyward Sword out of the way. It's getting the reviews it needed to get because that game was highly overrated back when it came out and we got a bunch of 10s. I've never seen a game get so many 10s and then everyone call it trash and all that like years later. Like, the the reviews didn't age well for that one. So I feel now it's being properly... I would say, At the same time, I don't call it trash. That game's not trash. Everyone that calls it trash is like, get over yourself. This is a really good game. I would even call it a great game. Mm. It's not the best Zelda game altogether, but there are elements that you can make the argument that could make it your favorite Zelda. So, more to come. Paul, I, I hope I get to experience it at some point. <laughs> yes, you will. Hopefully, the um, I'll keep, I'll keep going back to it because this is one that I will want to review myself. Actually, yeah. I'm actually gonna write uh, in Critical Corner. I'm gonna write one and. And then I remember PJ, when he guessed spot when you were on vacation, he said that he would want to come in. I would like to do like a roundtable discussion. I didn't have my thoughts, but I would like to hear yours or him. Even though him is like, his bias towards that game is like extreme. Yeah. I want to see if it changed because he, like to be fair to him, he reviewed Luigi's Mansion 3 when we had our website Uh, like two years ago. Yeah. And he loved it. Mm -hmm. I talked about him in our podcast about it. And he said he would change his score to go lower. Really? Yeah. So I think he, hmm. knowing that he, even though he's like a big Nintendo fan, that showed me he has a modicum of objectivity to him that I would like to see if he plays through Skywars or maybe he will, it will pop his bubble. Who knows? But I don't know. Based on what I've seen, he seems to be enjoying it immensely. So yeah, I don't even know if he's really playing it though, <laughs> because yeah, he's more streams. Yeah. Memeing. <laughs> yeah. He's memeing. But, but that's the thing. Like, the Gruz memes is worth memeing about. Like, Gruz is a that really is great character. Dude, so. Talk about growth of a character for sure. Somebody yeah. that I hated and then by oh, absolutely. the end loved. You love, exactly. <laughs> that, 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 that's what makes that story. That's what, that's what I said. Like, the story of Skyward Sword is so great that I fear, especially because compared to Breath of the Wild, that has as minimum story as possible, that you have to find if, you're, if you really want to know if there's any story. 
yeah. like with like the echoes and all of that and it's still like a complete like you can find stuff out of order so it's not even a cohesive narrative i fear the criticism of skyward sword hit nintendo too close to home that they got the wrong lessons i fear that like for yeah. with because they to be fair to them breath of the wild not my favorite zelda because I like some specific things about Zelda. It's like impressive in its design as open world with what Nintendo did in their first ever open world game. So, but they shed so much that I like about Zelda that I fear it was because the post-mortems of Skyward Sword hit them too hard. So I would I wouldn't I wouldn't want, especially now that we're we're getting the sequel soon, hopefully, that they keep the design but start bringing a bunch of more Zelda stuff. I really hope so. Yeah. And I hope this is also the start for them reevaluating some of their works and adding quality of life to mm-hmm. everything that yes. it. Um, I would Even Breath of the Wild is quality of life. <laughs> even if they give us an amiibo for Wind Waker that lets us teleport oh, from oh, the oh, star. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Fee was like, <laughs> you can, here's the worst part because Fee literally stops you when you find the statue yeah. that sends you to the sky. Like, you can use this statue to travel back and forth to the sky. Oh, and if you have the amiibo, you can go from everywhere. I was like, F you. <laughs> like, like, they were being intentional. I know. <laughs> but, they... but, <sighs> to be fair, now I'll say this. There are a bunch of those statues. It, like, they're literally everywhere. Yeah. So it's not as bad as like my initial reaction was, and like, oh, they hit the fast travel mechanics of going to Sky to. I really thought it was more of a hassle back when I first played it. But the um, thing is, because there was so much friction in that game of like being stopped so. so often and all that, it, it, it happened to me. I started thinking so much about the things that would stop you in your tracks about that game and the overbearing nature of fee. Yeah. That then just the idea of them locking away anything to make that game faster was like heresy. But because everything else had been sped up mm. i tell you like like being able to like quickly move from dialogue telling feet to shut up if you don't need to hear her always she is there if you need a tip at least like at the very least everything else has been sped up that i don't feel as angry even though i was angry that they referenced that there was an amiibo for that i was like screw you i'm not mm. paying 25 dollars for that especially because that amiibo got delayed <laughs> nobody Dude, can even get it yeah, due to shortages. That was funny. So, Paul, it is time. Press, Press X. For some news. All right, Paul. Uh, last week, uh, we talked about the Nintendo dropping the bomb that didn't, whose fuse didn't go off with the Nintendo Switch OLED and everyone like being flabbergasted at the fact that they took four years to re- to release a new version of the Switch that was not powerful, extra powerful in the slightest. And they even reported this week, actually, people were like, then what happened to the other specs that the rumor 4K DLSS, that whatever that thing was, that, that, that would make the things look prettier and all that. They said, we're not, we're not planning any more revisions. Parenthesis for now. Yeah. What did Valve do, Paul? Boy, they uh, they decided to not be outdone with their statement, and they decided to just announce randomly a entire mobile Steam Deck console. Yeah. 
basically they pull the Thanos and be like, we'll do it ourselves. You want the Switch Pro? Here's the Switch Pro. Here's the Steam Deck. A computer-like portable device that will compete directly with the Switch by offering on-the-go gaming with PC-like specs and access to the ginormous Steam library currently available. It comes out with three different SKUs, starting with the lower-end model with small memory at an aggressive 399 and comes preloaded with the Steam OS that will pair with a dock for people to play on their TV if they so desire. And it's modular. You can install Windows to it. You can install so much. It's like a PC that is modular enough. And that device is said to be coming in December 2021. That was a, uh, a bomb that dropped and exploded on us last week. That, I would have accepted <laughs> yes. this to be like, hey, we're still working on this. It's coming next year. But... The fact they're saying it's this year, they have so much about it to be said. Like, nobody heard about this really at Mm -hmm. all outside of, like, I don't even think there were really rumors. There used to be, but that was, like, wish fulfillment, really. Um, I have one concern about it, really, and that Mm -hmm. is the storage capacity. Um, These games, if they're actually playing Steam PC games, Mm -hmm. that is a lot of storage space. And their basic one is up, I think, 64 gigs. Yes, that's that's the lower end at 399. However, you can put in more memory. Like SD cards? Yes. Okay, so that's that's doable. Mm -hmm. But still, I mean, like, when you compare it to something, like, basically, if you're going to be taking it anywhere, you're going to have to make sure you're running maybe, like, one or two games and then delete those, download a couple others, maybe. I would say that coming in at as low a price for such a powerful machine. I will give it that. I'm just that yeah, was the nitpick just slowly, yeah, that I wanted can, to get out of the way. Because that's the thing: the higher the higher end SKU is six hundred twenty nine dollars for five hundred twelve internal yeah. SSD. Actually, the the higher end one actually has an internal SSD on it. But these are all modular devices, and you can install as you like. That's, that's the cool and, thing. And that's the beauty with having an SKU at a lower price as competitive with a competitive price of 399 That's the price of a PS5 digital. Exactly. And, and you get mobility. You get mm-hmm. everything Steam's ever made. Everything. Well, let's, let me think. So you can play all of your Halo stuff because all that's on PC. Mm-hmm. You've got everything that Sony's decided to port to PC. Yeah. You've got everything... Um, Man, just imagine if you could put emulators on this thing. Holy crap. You can, because it's modular. You imagine, That's true. Imagine, now imagine if someone like makes a Switch emulator. <laughs> Bro, if this goes well, this is going to change so much. Um, I, I haven't even really been able to process it, honestly, because I yeah. still worry that there's going to be some kind of execution problem on like Always. processing speed, mm-hmm. just the way that it kind of is going to actually play out but i think this is such a huge step in the right direction and giving them this opportunity to do this and show that it can be done is going to get everybody up on on board i think and this is what makes me even more excited about this it's finally someone directly competing in the market Nintendo with Nintendo. itself yeah because sony used to be in that market with the psp and the vita Yep. The PSP was such a success for them, but unfortunately, it got hacked to oblivion. Mm-hmm. So they were not able to make much money out of software because everyone ROM hacked it. Everyone like was able to like extract so many games just by finding ROM hacks. All of that. Kind of wish I'd been able to get in on that one because I yes. had like three games for yes. the PSP. Same. I only had God of War, Chains of Olympus, FIFA 08, and Siphon Filter 
Um, Ooh, classic. Dark, yeah, I don't remember which one. The last Siphon Filter that came out of PSP, because there were two. One was called uh, Omega Strain, because Dark Mirror was the first one. Those are yeah. the only three. But then I modded the PSP and downloaded a bunch of crap to it. The Vita was then released with a, as a Sony that was so afraid of it being hacked that even though initially, that's the thing, if you go back to E3 2011, when the Vita was officially more detailed and it was shown games and all of that and was shown at price point that competed directly with the 3DS, that was $249.99 yeah. at that time. And the 3DS was struggling. The 3DS was not selling well. The 3DS had no games at the beginning. So then when the Vita announced that they were coming in at the same price as the 3DS, Nintendo was forced to drop $70 out of the price. Which, like, immediately. It was like the, the thing launched in March and by August was already dropping the price. That was, like, insane. You don't see a price drop of a device that early unless it's really struggling. But a a price drop and having Ocarina of Time 3D kind of, like, launching around the time of the of the price drop and then eventually releasing mario 3d land mario kart 7 and a monster hunter game kind of like all back to back yeah really breathed life back into 3ds actually it breathed it back so much that it undercut the vita's launch yeah and then the vita didn't launch well at all like it undersold what sony was estimating and they chickened out and left that system to die in the weather so which is a shame it was a shame because the Vita had a was a lot great. of potential for it yeah the vita had like the, its form factor is so good like it, it felt so comfortable in my hands um mm-hmm. the potential of this device was so great that it's sad that it got screwed by unfortunate unforeseen circumstances in, in its launch and then sony not really committing to it because they had to commit to the ps4 immediately after so they were not able to like put their own games to it while nintendo did so and then eventually, so then when the Switch came out, it was like the Switch was uncontested as a mobile device. Yep. And we see the sales, that thing skyrocketing. It's still the best-selling machine, even with the Xbox Series X and the PS5. They're like obviously being hampered by the supply constraints and all that. And it really sucks that no one wanted to compete directly with Nintendo because that, because that, I feel Nintendo has been riding a sense of complacency recently. I don't know if you agree. Oh, yeah. I absolutely. hope that th- now that's that, that Valve is coming in very aggressive. That's the thing. Valve attempted to get into the console market with the Steam machines Machine. yeah. in 2014, but it was so confusing and it wasn't priced properly, uh, properly that those things never came to really full fruition. Mm-hmm. So with the Steam Deck, it feels like they found the market because they saw no one else is doing anything in this market other than Nintendo. No. Nintendo has a very weak AF machine that's not going to withstand more games the farther we keep going. That's why everyone wanted the Switch Pro because we already had a technological leap with the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. The Switch is a machine that is running on specs lower than the Xbox One. The original one that was already weaker than the PS4. So like, like, like techno- technologically speaking, the Switch is like getting into ancient territory when it comes to technology. That's why everyone was flabbergasted that this revision didn't have any sort of power improvement. So just based on that perspective and the fact that one of the things that has carried the Switch is the fact that indie games have made a home there Mm -hmm. because indie games, for some reason, work so much better in handheld than they they do do in TV sometimes. That's why they, the Vita, when it was struggling, indie games, like there was a few years, 2013 to 2016, where the Vita was the haven for indies. 
that was like you can buy a PS4 indie, but you could play it on Vita. And Vita, you, the, those games just felt more at home there. But then when the Switch came out, indies migrated there mm-hmm. because just the, the portability of it just makes them better games for 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 the kind of consumer that would appreciate that kind of game. That's more of a portable thing. Steam is littered, and I say littered with indies. Oh yeah. In fact, a lot of the indies that come to go to Vita or I mean go to Switch were on Steam first. Doesn't even forget it. Like, um, well, yeah, because it's the easiest to put it on there. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that Steam even had their whole um, renaissance and panic when Epic Store decided to show up and try undercutting that by giving more profits to developers mm-hmm. on it. Exactly. Um, which I guess that's that is one thing that anything that's going to ex- be exclusively on the uh, Epic Store is going to be unavailable for this. But I actually no, a... because you can wait. Really, it's, since it's a modular thing, you can install the Epic Store. Uh... There. It's a PC. That's the thing. Like that's true. I keep thinking Steam Deck and thinking, uh-huh. well, it's just exclusively um, all Steam stuff. Yeah, obviously you would have to like pony up and try to get a Windows license to install on that thing, but you can do that. Like you can install Windows on this thing, so with Windows installed, like the Epic Game Store is run through Windows. Yeah, Steam Deck is gonna run Windows, so even then, like you'll be able to get both, like yeah. best of both worlds. And in that case, Valve wins because they will still be buying the machine from them. Right. <laughs> so that so that still works. Like it's, it's like, like you can play whatever you want as long as you buy it. Yeah, I mentioned that. I mean, to me, portability. It's not big these days because I don't do public transportation. I don't go out too yeah. much, so I can play things through the TV. But for people that do, I hope the Steam Deck does well. I really like, hope I so. I really too. hope so because when you have two competitors and they're both really doing well, what does it do for the other one that has just been reigning in the market? It, it puts just, them in their toes. Yeah. It, it provides, um, what's, what's the statement? Com- competition breeds ingenuity. Mm-hmm. I and I think Nintendo needs that right now. Maybe that way, when they see that, they will start pumping on more of those games that they're holding. Maybe that's the way we get our Zeldas that we want. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. So, Paul, number two. Yes, indeed. We're getting close to the fall season. Usually fall is when we finally start getting new games and all that. Unfortunately, because we're still in the middle of this goddamn pandemic, delays are still happening. And this one came as a surprise to me because I didn't even realize this was even meant to be targeted for this year because the other game has been getting promoted me uh, neither bethesda owned team tango gameworks the makers of the evil within one and two and the upcoming playstation 5 time exclusive ghostwire tokyo announced that the game which only had a nebulous october 21 release window that i i didn't even know was there compared to the more firm release info of death loop which we know comes out on september 14 2021 uh, is being pushed out all the way into an undetermined time in 2022 due to complications in development due to the stupid pandemic. And they cited the health of the team as a reason for the delay, which you know what? Let them have it. Yeah. It's a, like it's it's unprecedented times. And like even though people are getting more vaccinated and all that, it's like we don't have to forget that this thing's still happening. There's a new vi- variant of this virus that uh is ravaging people that have not gotten vaccinated yet and that fear and the fear is that it if more people are not getting vaccinated and this Delta variant of this virus keeps like spreading, yeah, it might cause a big problem. So I understand like it makes sense. Like delayed. I mean, Bethesda didn't need that other one. They have Deathloop. Deathloop's mm-hmm. getting a good prom- a promotional push on PS5. Which I would say if it was any other time going on without all of these quarantines and 
delays. I almost think that Deathloop would have been forgotten amongst everything else. I mean, back when it was first announced, it was forgotten by just about everybody, at least for me. Um, until now when everything else has been pushed back or released and now Deathloop is kind of in the middle saying, hey, look, I'm here and then there's nothing else going on. I feel on. Deathloop got a, uh, both Deathloop and Ghostwire got a little bit of a pop despite being announced both together in 2019 because they got bought by Sony. They got bought exclusivity, timed exclusivity by Sony. That's true. Uh, so, so it is the fact you know that that thing is exclusive to a platform that tends to give it a little bit more of a pop because Bethesda problem is that some a lot of their games that are not the skyrims or defaults have not been big sellers that's why the company wasn't a pickle and microsoft just swooped them in yeah it was easy for them to see 7.6 billion dollars and be like yeah even though we're not worth that we'll take it so this delay though does bring to light something paul what does sony even have for this fall death loop uh, is, is it that's yeah. the thing it's exclusive that's it Unless they, uh, <laughs> well, Alejandro, there's always opportunity for Horizon, right? <laughs> That's the thing. They still, it's like, they haven't said anything one way or another. If by August we haven't heard anything, it's over. That thing's coming out in 2022. Yeah. So we're still hoping that Sony eventually will say something. Like they will have a state of play or something for their studios. So they can actually, and to be fair, when they announced the last state of play, the one with the 3D, the the third parties and indies and VR games from, was it last week when we talked about it? Yes, I think it was. Um, they made point of saying, yeah, we're not going to talk about Horizon, God of War, or the next generation of VR mm-hmm. right now, but we'll talk about it later. One way or another, they have to put a date to Horizon. And it would behoove them a little bit to try to have something for this one. Like, Obviously, they've been selling a lot. So that the PlayStation has been highly desired and selling a lot, just inertia alone mm-hmm. of the success of the PS4, not on anything the PS5 is actually doing. I feel this is a holiday that Microsoft is coming in like a lion with a bunch of games that they're putting in, in Game Pass on top of Halo Infinite finally coming out. True. You need something there. Like, I didn't put this in, but the NPDs came out and they mentioned that the Xbox had the highest earning amount in dollars that the company has ever had in a single month in June. Really? And Yeah. Even though they didn't... Yeah. uh, Because NPDs always tells you how much something sold the previous month. June Uh, was E3. Okay. And Microsoft had a hell of an E3. Yeah. I'll give them that. Yeah. So, which again, it should maybe now it's the time to Sony to realize maybe this whole skipping E3 thing is not a big idea because... Huge momentum swing for Microsoft. That is true, because we do still have that Sony possible thing going on in August that we're supposed to get. So Mm -hmm. maybe that'll give us a little bit of light shed on fall. But um, besides that, you're right. Like Microsoft is just freaking crushing it right now, especially this holiday season if Sony doesn't respond. Yeah, and and what's funny is that they're crushing it and they still haven't released a single exclusive this year other than the medium. So, but that's the thing because they have played the PR game so well. Mm-hmm. They have momentum heading into this holiday. So, and Game Pass is not going Pass, away. So, it's, oh no, the Game Pass is still going to be a <laughs> thing. So, that's a, that's what I tell you. Even though I finally have a PS5, like that E3 conference, I tested my allegiance. Yeah, quite mightily. So, to like to, to even make that, if I ever get that machine, maybe that's going to be where I play the majority of the games because. 
most of them are going to be showing up on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be better for my wallet eventually. So Microsoft is, is heading into a very aggressive fall. I hope Sony doesn't, again, like Sony needs that kick in the butt also, kind of like with one Nintendo, because they can't, they can't rest in their laurels just because the PS5 has been so successful already on just the momentum alone of their previous console. And I feel just having Deathloop as like your final exclusive of this year is not going to cut it. Yeah. Because no matter what, it's still a Bethesda game. It still doesn't have the eminence of one of your own games. Especially then, even last year, they even had freaking Spider-Man Miles Morales. That pushed them hard. That's they even true. had Demon. They even had Demon Souls. They had Sad Boy. Can you imagine if they announced the Spider-Man 2 uh, situation at whatever thing they have for this holiday season? I was talking with my brother about it because um, 2018 was when the first Spider-Man came out. Yeah, as Miles Morales was done by a separate team that was directed by Brian Horton, who came from Crystal Dynamics, who directed Rise of the Tomb Raider, and he led that other team to do Miles Morales. So the team that made it's the 2018 has been, it's been three years. So they could potentially finally announce that that game is coming maybe in 2022. Who knows? Like we already know, God of War is a 2022 game. Do you hear my dog? Yeah. Damn it. Ah, shit. We lost the vegetable man. Now we have my dog. <laughs> my scandalous dog. So yeah, it just losing Ghostwire Tokyo like this, even though I've forgotten that he was even the thing, made me was like, oh yeah, but what does Sony even have after that? Are they really gonna just rely on their Call of Duty partnership? I hope not. This is going to suck. Yeah. Um, I mean, besides big things that are supposed to come out that are matched with everything. Um, You've got your Far Cry, your, Mm -hmm. um, what was it, Battlefield, your Call Mm -hmm. of Duty. (laughs) Excuse me. A couple other things that I can't think of off the top of my head. But it's if they don't have something that's an exclusive, they're they're really going to be relying on the power of people that already have the console mm-hmm. and i and i would say because now they have a competitor that's like more hungry than ever they could get away because that's the thing the first few years of the ps4 they had a problem trying to launch exclusives during the fall they were always in the spring bloodborne uncharted 4 all of that for some reason the fall just wasn't happening for them until like 2017 yeah and they went because they partnered with call of duty they the ps4 sold fine with uh their Call of Duty bundles and the get the maps here first Call of Duty stuff. But the thing is that I f- personally feel Call of Duty is very long in the tooth at this point. Like even Cold War, I feel like kind of came and went. I don't hear anything about Cold War. Obviously, it's Warzone is still... Warzone. Exactly. So I would hope that they're not too reliant just on that. Especially because the reality of the $70 price point for them is going to start hitting pretty soon. When all these Game Pass games start amassing more and more. So interesting that this Ghostwire Tokyo made me think about that. Number three, uh, delays are still happening, Paul. This time by our favorites, Ubisoft. Yep. So Ubisoft joined the delay party and announced that both Rainbow Six Extraction and Riders Republic, two games that took almost 30 minutes out of their hour-long horrible E3 presentation this last June, were both scaled to release in September, and now they have been pushed. Rainbow Six Extraction, originally slated to come out on September 16, is now slated to come out in January 2022. Ironically, uh, Rainbow Six Siege originally was an October game that then got pushed to December when it first released, so it's funny that they're, 
that those games are going to come out around winter time. And Riders of the Republic, that Battle Royale's bike game that looks like steep. That was slated that was slated to come out on September 2nd, but got pushed to October 28th. So instead of Riders of the Republic and Rainbow Six Extraction kind of like being sandwiched on top of each other in September, now it's Riders of the Republic sandwiched with Far Cry 6 that still has their October 7th uh, release date. And that was a great game. And that was a game that already got delayed because that was a February game Yeah, originally. So I don't know if they can push that one again, but who knows? With Ubisoft, like Ubisoft, it's a complete dumpster fire right now. So who knows? I've seen people, I mean, Ever since the freaking CD Projekt Red fiasco, I think there's been a new precedent on what can and can't be uh, delayed a certain amount of times. And we've learned that you can um, you can try to polish crap all you want, and yeah. it is going to stay that way. Um, I think, unfortunately, this Riders Republic is going to get destroyed by Far Cry. And it's their own competition going up against it. Not to mention, October is just the worst month to come out with anything unless you were the big hitters. Because yeah. you've already got October 7th. Actually, I think, um, yeah, Back for Blood, uh, mm-hmm. Battlefields yeah, is right coming out the same day, isn't it? I think Battlefields is the same day as um, Far Cry, as Riders right? Repo- no, it's Riders Republic. Uh, Far Cry is on the 7th. So Far Cry is kicking off that month. I see. Well, okay. I'm just gonna make sure of this, so I'm not crazy. Um, so, Paul, you, because yeah. you mentioned yeah, October it. 22nd. That's yes. it. Okay. Yeah, so it's around that time. Everyone will be playing Battlefield. Right. You mentioned Cyberpunk Fall, and I think in this um, in this podcast we've ever talked about the situation with mm. Cyberpunk, specifically with you, how that was your most anticipated game last year, and you had to face the. <laughs> the harsh realities <laughs> throughout that year and i can it's it's such a weird situation because i had i genuinely did enjoy myself um i i really did with experimenting with all of the wild options that you could have for gameplay like i'll give it that um being able to pair up hacking abilities with a gun that could punch through walls and just wall hacking entire buildings uh, was great. But the, I mean, the lack of polish, the constant crashing, I was playing on the PS five. So I already had like such a leg up on every other Mm. poor soul that had to deal with so much. Mm. Um, The lackluster voice acting in some places, the lackluster story, the side missions that didn't go anywhere um, outside of like maybe two or three really. Some of them that would just kind of end, and I thought I did something wrong. Like, you know, Witcher's uh, side quest. Mm -hmm. If you did something wrong, it would end the quest, and then you would realize, oh, shoot, I actually didn't do that right at all. But if you did it right, it would continue on in this whole weaving web. And even if you did it right, the quests would just kind of end. Just so much going on that was for it, that was just really cool and it just missed um and in the end i i don't really want to go back to it until something happens and then apparently they said they were working on their next project already and everyone said okay hold on uh you haven't done any of this you haven't even fixed (laughs) it much less like launched any dlc for it that you said you would um 
it's it's just such a mess that I don't even know if I want to think too much about it. Yeah, the cyberpunk thing to me was like we saw Icarus fall. Like CD Projekt Red was the studio. Mm. This most beloved studio of this past generation after The Witcher 3 and all its pro-consumer moves and all of that. And he was still doing pro-consumer stuff because they were the first ones to announce the free upgrade to the next-gen version for Cyberpunk and all that. Obviously, the massive hype around Cyberpunk, just in the inertia that was Witcher 3. Obviously, then we got that first delay. That was like, because we were supposed to get it in April and then it got pushed to September. Then halfway through, around this time last summer, we got the push that Oh, yeah, this is getting pushed all the way to November 19th. So it's going to come out after the next-gen consoles. So making it like a de facto launch game for those systems, even though that was not the next-gen version. Mm-hmm. Then the game went gold. When you went, when you go gold, the game's done. It's, or at least it's, a, it's something it's that you supposed can... supposed to be done. supposed to be done. And then like in unprecedented history, only a few times that had happened in history, they still delayed it mm-hmm. a few more weeks, even though they printed that thing and went gold. And then it launched in December. And unless you were playing on that next-gen machine, like, the game that we got was so unbelievably foobard that it even got removed from the PS Store that we yep. just recently that just recently got back, like a few it's weeks back. It's not got, a lot of improvements, but at least it's yes. there. No, they put it back on with the warning. Oh, yeah, you can buy this. Don't play it on a PS4. Play it on a Pro on a, or, or a PS5. Like, you having to sell something that you have to put that warning is like... Mm. They pissed, pissed away all the goodwill. And I just feel bad for you because I wasn't that hyped for it like you were yeah. because my big hype was Last of Us Part Two, yeah. And then I had to deal with the with the shenanigans that was the leaks of that game and the discourse and me being on the positive side of the discourse and all the negativity with others and all that. But man, you, you had it rough for there. Good thing you got Ghost of Tsushima last year. I'm really glad I got yes. Ghost of Tsushima. I <laughs> fell back on that game real hard, and I was like, "Okay, this is this is my game of the year, guys. It's okay. Yes. I landed somewhere." <laughs> um, yeah. Man, I it was such a crazy time for sure. I, I'm sure you remember all of the times where I would post the uh, the delay and be like, "Yes, damn it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why?" I lost it when you posted the one that it got delayed again, like for December, because yeah. that that when I was flabbergasted, I couldn't believe it because that's when I was I knew, like, they, "There they must be something really gold gone. that you yes. can't do that." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, so, man, man. Why were you? It's too bad we're not recording around that time. Those would have been fun podcasts. That time, that yeah. would have honestly, but um, I don't know if it 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 would have been fun to look back on i think more so than to go through it so here's the thing because i played the ps4 version of that game and it was abysmal i stopped playing i was like i'm gonna wait like in fact one of my glitch videos made it to forbes (laughs) oh yeah remember remember? that yeah yeah so paul tassi from forbes my man well i've actually now yeah, you don't have an excuse, Alejandro. You have a PS5. Just go play Cyberpunk. <laughs> I don't want to. That's the thing. Now I have it, and I know a next yeah. version is coming. So I was like, it's... might as well, because I know the what's currently there, it's still a buggy mess. So I'm yeah. like, I'll just wait for the actual next-gen balls and whistles. So that's what I'm doing with Witcher. Mm-hmm. I've only played a few hours of Witcher. I've never been in the Witcher. Now that I know a next-gen version of Witcher is coming, I'm playing. I'm waiting to play Witcher there. I could play it right now on PS4 Pro settings, but why would I? There's a PS5 actual version that I'm getting for free. So. I didn't actually know that. That's cool. Yes. Final story, Paul. It's kind yeah. of like psychological. It was just funny because you mentioned Cyberpunk. And we yeah. I, I've been wanting to have that conversation. 
because this is another because I would say just as CD Projekt Red has pissed away at all the goodwill, Ubisoft has done that, and we're still in the Ubisoft train because this week they continue the train of seeming like a husk of its former self just consumed by corporate greed because they announced a new free-to-play game in the Tom Clancy universe. Not Splinter Cell. It's called Tom Clancy's X-Defiant, their version of a 6v6 hero shooter in the vein of Overwatch, which is mixing the Ghost Recon, the Division, Splinter Cell franchise, with soldiers with specific classes. A test is coming to PC in early August, and this also joins the still-to-be-released The Division Heartland, we talked about in their third episode back, that it was another one of their free-to-play experiments. Let's not forget their last attempt at a free-to-play game, the Battle Royale Hyperscape from 2020. Remember that, Paul? Mm-hmm. Crashed and burned hard and has already ceased being supported. They already said that they're gonna, they want to support this ex-defiant thing for years to come. Good luck with that. They insist on following this free-to-play model while still remaining steadfast and ignoring the fan desire over an actual new Splinter Cell game. But yeah, let's keep parading Splinter Cell all over the goddamn place. Yeah. Um, there has been somebody that, um, I don't know where I saw it, but they, they commented on the post saying, I've seen more Splinter Cell stuff, but I'm too young to have ever actually played one of the games. And I'm thinking... I Blacklist was the last one that came out. That was for the 360. 2013. Um, yeah, and it makes sense because there's been people that have been gaming for a really long time now, and that game, which I used to think was so modern, is um, it's ancient now. Splinter Cell was revolutionary back in the day. It was like one of the first games where it actually used its visuals when it came to like lining in shadows for its gameplay mm-hmm. that was because obviously metal gear solid was the other stealth game at right that time. but that didn't really incorporate the whole light and shadow thing no it that was about situational stealth, right like you moving like being out of sight and all yeah. that and and dodging cones and all of that but splinter cell was all about the light and dark and shadows and using the gadgets and all that and it was like those first games were tough the trial and error of those games are brutal but they were so addicting because when you nail them, you nail them. And Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, the third one, well, that's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, and I sent you a list the twenty in our group chat. I was like, for fun, I listed the twenty five my twenty five favorite games of all time across mm-hmm. all consoles. And Splinter Cell Black Chaos Theory is in it's in it because the amount of freedom and flexibility and amazing stealth action Chaos Theory had. Like, it's such that they kind of lost it eventually with Double Agent. Like, Double Agent started, decided to do the... Now you're playing, you're, you're infiltrating the terrorists, but you're doing terrorist stuff. But the 360 version of that game simplified the light shadow mechanic. It lost a little bit of its identity. Then it switched genre completely, like Conviction, which is fun. was right. more like... It was more fast-paced, more of a shooter than it intended to be. And Blacklist tried to incorporate back chaos theory elements with conviction elements together and i would say it fairly worked but then at that point i this is what angers me is that the 360 ps3 generation for some reason the last year of that generation people stopped buying games yeah because every because unironically compared to this other generation because they knew that i think it was because they had announced the new systems were not going to be backwards compatible a lot of the games that came out on that final year as we were headed to the PS4 and Xbox One didn't sell. 
mm. other than big ones like GTA Five and The Last of Us. And Blacklist was one of those games that barely sold. And I guess Ubisoft must have read into the tea leaves wrong and be like, no one wants this anymore. We're not doing it anymore. And to me, that sucks. Just read the freaking market. Everyone wasn't selling because everyone didn't want to keep investing in those machines because they were not going to be backwards compatible mm-hmm. for the next ones. Why did the PS4 and Xbox One games keep selling? Because we knew backwards compatibility now was going to be a thing with the new yeah. machines. So the eco- ecosystem stayed there. The PS4 and the Xbox One didn't really suffer with their f- final year. Obviously, we had the background of the pandemic. More people wanted to play more games. So that's why more people bought games because they needed to be entertained also about it. But yeah, circumstances need to be read, and it sucks. That I would dare say, an opportunity for them to figure this out, just from a business mind standpoint. Um, don't make a Splinter Cell game yet. Make a remaster of Blacklist and yeah. put it on modern consoles. See how people respond to that. Because I know personally, I would buy that. Um, I have it, but besides like Black- going on PC, yeah. I, I well, all of them are backwards compatible. All the Splinter Cell games are backwards compatible on Xbox. I have all of them there. Right. I just I don't have that yeah. right now. Um, <laughs> but I like if I wanted to, I could go find my 360 version, put it in my Xbox One. But I just don't have it plugged in. But I'm just thinking from like standpoint of everyone else, if they really wanted to, even make like a connect- collection of all the the older ones, because frankly, Conviction was my be. first Splinter Cell. Did you know that the PS3 had a collection of the original Pandora Tomorrow and Chaos Theory that came out in 2011? There was really? a Splinter Cell HD collection. Yeah. Huh. I didn't even actually hear about that. Mm-hmm. Weird. But I I will say just I uh, not just Splinter Cell, but everything like the the OG version of Ghost Recon. Um, that was actually one of the documentaries I watched, which was Advanced Warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not even the I original went, Ghost Recon. That's that well, was yeah, the yeah. First that was one. that was the that version of it. But yeah, like the Ghost Recon originally, the old versions of uh, Rainbow Six, like just seeing some of that old gameplay of it, like really brought me back. Um, and just they were talking about the idea of mechanics that changed after the advent of Call of Duty, cool. and how varied and crazy different everything was. You look at the way you played SOCOM Navy SEALs, mm-hmm. another series I would love to see come back. Yeah. Um, just everything that was really unique and interesting about Ubisoft's work, just really going. Yeah, down as an gutter. aside with the SOCOM thing, the rumor is that because Guerrilla expanded. It's uh, it's studio the guys that made Horizon. Yeah, and because they hired the Rainbow Six Siege director to join the uh, Guerrilla, that maybe well, one they of might the, be doing something. They might be doing SOCOM because it's a shooter that Sony owns. They closed the studio that made SOCOM. It's called Super yeah. Interactive. SOCOM died because the last SOCOM game that came out, SOCOM Four, came out the week of the PlayStation Network outage. And it was a mostly multiplayer game, wasn't it? It had a very short campaign. It was like almost four hours. But yeah. the, what made SOCOM was its multiplayer. And no one could play the multiplayer. The, by the time the PSN came back, no yeah. one cared. No one cared. So that game died in the vine at no fault of its own because of... I remember seeing back when I worked at GameStop, there was just a stack about this big of uh, traded in SOCOM 4 games mm-hmm. just, just jammed into those drawers. Um and it, it hurt my soul because I was like, man, this is, this was kind of cool. Why did mm-hmm. why did that why not does, sell very well? It was because the one thing everyone wanted to play it for didn't work. Yeah. So 
and no fault of the game, the online of that game worked. Right. That's the problem. And it was so, a popular um, feature of it. I remember even in SOCOM 2 for the PS2 era that they had that whole crazy adapter plug in, jack plug in, in the, Yeah, plug in the broadband their commercials. adapter. Yeah. Um, I remember their commercials very vividly about like, oh, why does this dude keep beating me? And it was like an actual Navy SEAL playing the game from like mm-hmm. overseas. And it was like, you could play with anyone. Um, I just that whole concept was like before I was really interested in online stuff. But just the fact that it was so fantastic um, of a system that I still remember some of those levels. Mm-hmm. Like I told you, like I'm a sucker for a good tanker level and that socom had a bunch of them (laughs) that was that was so good um so anyway i'll digress but in needless to say i wish they wouldn't go so crazy with division um i wish they wouldn't do this whole free-to-play thing but they clearly do not care about doing anything else right now even with Mm -hmm. sending people off the plank um getting rid of their creative directors and things Mm -hmm. unless there's something down the pipeline in the next couple of years they really don't seem interested and ubisoft has transformed into my least favorite company now i would still say activision's for me yeah but But that's the thing because activision is the one i hate least favorite hate like yeah like i still hate activision because they're like the absolute greed like i wouldn't have thought to say that the one of the big three that i'm feeling more high on right now is ea of all of them who would have thought that who would have who would have thought that but like Ubisoft, like, it's continuous. Like, I mentioned this last week with Assassin's Creed, and I went on that spiel. Like, Ubisoft, like, just ignores fan demand. Mm-hmm. And even though there were a few moves that they made that would have made you think they were doing, like, for example, let's not forget that there was a Prince of Persia remake that they were doing that that was supposed to come out this January, then got delayed to the spring, and then got delayed indefinitely. So... That was the one for the trailer recently, wasn't it? Like the yeah, last it, year or so? Yeah, it was Prince of Persia, The Sands Holy of Time. crap, I forgot so, about that. So they were doing that remake. So when you mentioned about doing a Splinter Cell remake, I'm like, they should do that with Splinter Cell after they do the Prince of Persia. Oh, because obviously, like, Prince of Persia is a series, another one that people, when they think of Ubisoft, they like, next to Rayman and Splinter Cell, please do another one. Yeah. So, And the best way to like gauge interest is that. Do the remake. That's what Activision did with the Insane Trilogy of Crash Bandicoot. Everyone mm-hmm. kept screaming, please give us Crash Bandicoot, please give us Crash Bandicoot. And Sony heard that, went to Activision and be like, they really want Crash Bandicoot. And Activision was like, we don't want to do that. That doesn't make money. And Sony was like, we're going to put money. We're going to bring it. And they put the money and they were like, we're going to release these three, the three original Crash Bandicoot games, like fully remade, but it's still the same game, but visually yeah. with a new facelift. And that thing sold bananas. So if they do a remake of, the, like, if the Prince of Persia remake really sells, then maybe they're like, okay, we're going to give them a splinter. So let's remake the ones that are already there. Even if you can play the backwards compatible versions on Xbox. Um, that's the only way for them to really gauge interest instead of them trying to pursue this free-to-play garbage. Especially like, did, sorry, we mentioned X-Defiant. We haven't even talked about it. Did you see videos of this thing? Of what? Of X-Defiant? The 6 I, I only shooter? saw that one like Twitter thread that you showed us. And it looked like you had your little hero symbol right in the middle for their ulti- um, ultimate move. But it looked like it was just like a first-person shooter in like the Division's New York area. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just beyond that. As soon as I saw it, I went, well, okay, I'm not going to um, be interested in that. I, I shared that with uh, the group that I play Rainbow Six with, who has also been very disgruntled about Ubisoft's practices 
Um, none of us are planning on getting extraction. And I was like, hey, guys, check out what they're working on now and sent that and all of them. You know what makes me sad agreed. is that I have to remember that Ubisoft is also working on a Star Wars game. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And oh man, let's we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> Who would have thought yeah. I'd want EA to take back the mantle of Star Wars running? Ah. Oh man, what a way to go out this week, huh? Well, Paul, that's Who it thought? for the news. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it for the news. But we're gonna go back and just play some more fun things right now. We'll, we'll yes. just ignore all that. Yes, less less of a chunky week compared to the previous weeks. I'll take that. And uh, I'll keep playing Skyward Sword in the meantime. So, Paul, where can people find you? As always, Twitter at Dork of Art, YouTube at Dork of Art, and Twitch at AngelSword21. Alejandro, where are you at? Yeah, they can find me at twitch.tv slash the Slayer Giant. They can find me on Twitter at A underscore Drosegobia. They can find me on Instagram at AlejandroSegovia93. And they can find my reviews at thecriticalcorner.com, which I'm going to plug in. I did a review for the low-key tv show it's oh, it's live yeah. there so if you want my thoughts of the on the three latest um mcu tv shows there i have write-ups there i might do a write-up for skyward sword like i mentioned earlier here so and also don't forget that the x button post not only on youtube but also on our podcast services all of them except apple Podcasts, unless you use the rss feed that's provided at anchor.fm slash escape dot escape dash media so don't forget, if you like this, share, like, subscribe, tell us what we, if you want to say something to us, feel free to say anything to us. And we'll always be here every Tuesday, God willing. So yeah, are, are we wrong, by the way, to anybody commenting? Uh, do you think that it's perfectly fine for Ubisoft to do this? Are you excited for X Defiant? Tell us why we're wrong, please. Yeah. I want to hear absolutely, why you are. Absolutely tell us. Uh, Paul, it has been a pleasure. And until next time, press X to play see you guys later adios